Good afternoon, this is Salvador Rodriguez for FutureCast 101, a student project of the College of St. Benedict and St. John's University, and today's topic is the future of the American food system. So one of the things that I always ask myself is, where are we going? I wonder about all of the world's problems, and mainly our nations, climate change, inequality, violence, etc. And the problem that always comes back to me is the American food system. Now, regarding my research in my first year seminar class, I was really interested in this topic to begin with, and I ended up learning way more than I had planned for. And now, to put it in simple terms for you, I found that it's very unsustainable, and it's feeding into a few of today's problems. Now, as viewers, you may be the average resident. Having access to food, water, and possibly shielded from the externalities that the food system creates. Now you're probably asking, so what's the problem? And I'll be getting into that. The major issues that I researched were the unsustainable allocations of resources such as water, energy, and land. These issues can become very complicated in that they contribute towards large-scale issues such as climate change, food insecurity, and water waste. These externalities all create problems that could be affecting us sooner than you think. I asked, how did we get here? And the answer seems pretty simple. We became dependent on imported foods, and as such, we use these large amounts of resources to produce and import food into our cities. Most of the people in our nation live in cities, and more are expected to move into them as the future comes. With an average growth rate of 3.7% in most cities, this issue will only become larger. Externalities that present complications in the United States include and aren't limited to excessive usage of clean water, consumption of fossil fuels for transportation, therefore progressing climate change, and the mass allocation of plots of land for the cultivation of crops and livestock. All of these factors have degraded the current food system, leaving it in need of a new structure to accommodate for the progressing society our nation is moving towards. With this in mind, it's critical that the problem is addressed in a timely and appropriate manner. Now what's wrong with the food system? And when I talk about the food system, I'm referring to the origin of resource, agricultural production, food processing, packaging and distribution, preparation and consumption, all the way to the end of life and disposal. Agriculture uses a lot of our freshwater supply, meaning that most of our drinkable water is used to produce food. The Department of Agriculture reported that over half of our freshwater is used in agriculture, using more land to cultivate crops than to house people which only marks about 4% of the nation's land usage, and close to a quarter of our fossil fuels are used solely for the transportation of our food from farm to cities. Throughout this process, many resources are put into the cycle, however, a concerning portion of which results in either being wasted or inefficiently used. With our populations expanding and the demand for these resources growing, we have to find ways to reserve these resources. My research involved finding ways that are already being practiced either in our nation or in others. Many of my findings that were included in my writing were technological advancements. Things that I want to talk about are genetic modifications, urban landscaping, local and vertical farming. Minimal efforts are made to accommodate for communities that either find it difficult to access grocery stores or low-income households that can't afford a sustainable amount of groceries. Government aid such as food stamps is accessible, however the process to receive it may be difficult. This process leaves a gap in which food insecurity can affect people. Some solutions could support these demographics while helping reduce the major food waste crisis. The expanded practice of local farming, involvement in community gardens, and providing education on at-home gardening would all be resources that could support communities in becoming both less food insecure and more self-sustainable. Why did I research this? 
Now the reason that I find the usage and resources so concerning is because of how things currently are regarding allocation. 3 in 10 people don't have access to clean water, and about 40 million people in our nation struggle to have food at home, and using a climate change inducing source of fuel to transport food to our cities doesn't help. These are the harsh realities of our food system, and if nothing's done to fix this, we're going to face some major consequences in the future. The ideal food system is equitable in that food is distributed to eliminate insecurity, is efficient with the usage of resources involved, and does not create any social or economic setbacks as well as climate change aggressors. I was very invested in the innovative ideas that could solve this growing issue, and many of which involved local farming. These ideas are designed to fit gaps in the current food system and better the overall quality of our society. Vertical farming, for instance, is an idea that has been practiced in other countries and shown to function. China has actually practiced this method of agriculture and shown to be effective by many means. This method of agriculture offers both potential benefits and convenience for society in larger cities. Limitations that could be further improved involve energy and cost. Vertical farming costs several millions of dollars and a large amount of energy, both of which may not be feasible for cities yet. Assuming that the construction and powering of these facilities could be done more efficiently, this idea would not be as stretched out to the future as it is now. Various regions of the United States heavily rely on imported foods either from nation, other nations or states. And now due to the complications such as land accessibility and regional climates inter interfering with the growth of crops, northern areas in particular rely partially on southern and western imports to provide with crops. With this current system in mind, vertical farming has the potential to solving major barriers in agriculture. Vertical farming offers the potential to grow high-yielding crops that would not possibly grow in a natural environment in northern regions of the United States. This idea is currently being improved and practiced in other countries and shown to work. With this, there are a few limitations that could be solved in the future. The usage of electricity and price to construct these towers are major barriers that do not allow us to produce crops like this consistently. We could grow high-yielding crops in the cities, allowing for less fossil fuels to be used for long-distance transportation. However, we would need to expand our production of clean energy for these facilities. Researching this innovative facility was very interesting because of the premise of the idea. However, it seems to be more of a stretch into the future. Now looking closer into the present, I found that the allocation of parking spaces for growing crops has been done and shown to be effective. A report I found showed that a majority of parking spaces are not used in conventional parking lots. Seattle, for example, 40% of its land is used for parking, and yet much of that is never used. A university professor conducted a, pro a project similar to the idea that I'm referring to. He used parking spaces in a lot to grow crops he sh in sheltered units through hydroponics. The project proved to be relatively easy and yielded enough food for about 30 people. If this project were to be practiced around more cities, it may become easier for food to be accessible to local communities allowing for the food insecurity gap to be smaller and preserving more water and fuel for the cultivation and movement of food. Similar in practice to this, community gardens were a relevant piece of my research. Good for revenue and food accessibility, these gardens are effective and interesting in theory. As far as costs to operate, they can make well over their opening costs and revenue from their community. The largest piece that limits this is the fact that only people in higher socioeconomic standpoints use these gardens. The issues with these gardens is that they would require labor from the community, and people in lower ends of status would have trouble with participating due to the fact that they tend to work more hours. As far as sustainability, 
Raised beds could be alternated with hydroponic systems in order to preserve water. Allocated land would contribute towards an eco-friendlier community. One externality that presents itself at a global scale is the emission of greenhouse gases. The concerning use of fossil fuels for energy to transport food emits greenhouse gases, which are known to progressively aggravate climate change. Climate change has notably made its way up in the ranks of global concerns, and yet one of the simpler ways to reduce its impact has yet to come to fruition. The transportation of food requires roughly 20% of the nation's fossil fuel supply. As mentioned previously, food travels thousands of miles on average in the process of reaching consumers. With this large quantity of fuel being used, it's, notice it's notable that greenhouse gases must be involved at the expense of crops being imported into larger cities. Local farming and community gardens would decrease the amount of energy needed to import food into cities in that many of the major foods could be grown at a high yield rate within local communities. The expenses being used for transportation could be reduced and allocated towards the maintenance and success of local cultivation of food. Aside from these local and urban innovations, the biggest piece of technological advancements that I looked into was genetic modification. GMOs, as people would refer to them as, have been around for a few decades. They have created advancements in agriculture. People are still fairly skeptical. The biggest reasons that people don't trust this technology is because it's fairly new and shown to risk the growth of mutations. If we expanded the research in this technology and usage, it could be more normalized and powerful for our food. By using this technology to improve both the yield and quality of crops during such a pivotal point in history, issues such as crop disease, malnourishment, and crop yield could all be potentially alleviated if enough research is put towards the effort. There's a lot of work that needs to be done for our society to make a bigger comeback for the future. However, with these findings, I believe that our nation could make small improvements that would lead us towards a brighter future. The innovations may not require many resources and over time could increase in practice. The ideas I research would possibly lead us into a brighter future in that more people would have access to food than present day. Being able to cultivate food while being sustainable in a major city is a stretch. However, it's not impossible. Gradual implementation of these potential solutions could prove to be effective if society is given time to adapt. This has been Salvador Rodriguez with FutureCast 101. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.